Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Excited to be with you. I'm Matt Moore, your host for the evening. Weekend edition after the Nuggets get, I got to tell you, this was just a phenomenal game. It was just an awesome game. 131 win over the Chicago Bulls, 127 to 131. I thought it was absolutely incredible. Uh, Adam has a night off. We will be back with you on Sunday night to get you set for the week. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. On Friday, we had our first Locker Room, and it was so much fun. We had a really killer time uh, doing a mailbag on every Friday at noon, Mountain Time. We're going to do a Nuggets mailbag. Adam and I are going to get on. It's going to be our Friday episode as well. You'll be able to join in on the fun. Download the Locker Room app. Follow us on there every Friday at noon, we'll be doing a locker room. I will probably be doing more of these as we get closer to the playoffs after big games. Um, trying to time it up with all the stuff with DMVR because we're supportive of DMVR here because, you know, it's Adam's podcast. But it was really a lot of fun. Download the app. Uh, it was really great. Next week, we're going to ha- have people on to talk uh, and give their thoughts on the Nuggets and ask some questions. Really great stuff. Download the locker room app today. So on today's show, we will talk about a tale of, I guess, two games where the first three quarters and then the fourth quarter or the 3.75 quarters and then the fourth quarter. Uh, we'll talk about the big three. We'll talk about Jamal Murray and we'll talk about how this game unfolded. This is a game that really just deserves like its own breakdown. Um, usually, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, Adam and I tend to time to take big picture looks at things. This one deserves an in-depth look. Let's start. Let's start by talking about the turnaround and what led to the win. So the big takeaway for me is the same thing that I've been telling you guys consistently for years, which is if the Nuggets have fewer turnovers, the Nuggets are going to win most of the time, if not always. In the second half of the game, the Chicago Bulls had six turnovers. The Denver Nuggets only had three in the fourth quarter. The Bulls had four turnovers. The Nuggets only had three in overtime. The Bulls had two turnovers. The Nuggets only had one. That's your differential. They wind up with one fewer turnover and they win the game. Like that really is it. First half, I thought they were just extremely sloppy. Um, I, I think there's a lot to kind of dive into in terms of what went wrong in the first quarter. Zach Levine was only three of eight. He had a huge night. was only three of eight. They had some, the Nuggets had not bad luck, I would say. Laurie Markkinen was hitting shots. He hit three of six in the first half, two of four from three, and then cooled off dramatically in the second half. If you ask me like who Markkinen is, he's somewhere between those two halves. He experienced that whole gamut over the course of the game, but he went from being like the player that he can be to the player that he oftentimes, unfortunately, is for the Bulls and cooled off there. I thought that was a big part of it. You know, in that first half, I thought Kobe White played really well. Um, you know, in the first half, only four points for white, but he was a plus two in the second half. A lot of that kind of came unglued and that wound up being a huge piece of, of why Denver was able to come back. Um, you also had Otto Porter with, I had, had an absolutely huge night, but in the first half, look, Jokic has nine points on four of six shooting only one assist. Jamal has three points on one of four shooting is a minus nine in the game. Like it's the nuggets are. I will say this, the Nuggets are very lucky that they did not get blown out to the point they could not make the comeback because it was teetering there at various points in this game. And really, like the Nuggets played better 
in the third quarter. They got it together. They play better in the, in the second quarter and they play better in the third quarter, but they wound up tying the bulls in that third quarter in large part uh, behind PJ Dozier, who I thought gave them some really good minutes. He was plus four PJ didn't score in that time, but he actually gave them quite a bit in terms of defense. Like they were able to hold the bulls a little bit in the stretch where he was on the court. They still shot 57% for the quarter, but I thought the defense was pretty good from PJ Dozier. And then, you know, I also thought, look, Jokic had 10 points. Like he woke up in the third quarter. He came out and adjusted big time, especially versus Wendell Carter. Um, I am working on a, a Bulls piece for action. And so I actually have, have done a lot of research on the Bulls. And the one thing I will tell you is there are two key points on Chicago to attack. And it's Wendell Carter Jr. and Kobe White. Those are the two guys that you have to attack consistently if you're going to wind up beating the Bulls. Because the Bulls are a pretty good team. They are better than their record. In that third quarter, you know, Levine sensed the moment and was, you know, scored 11 points and was a plus three to keep it at arm's length. And then that fourth quarter came in. And again, what you see is, you know, PJ is a, a minus five. They get off to a pretty terrible start. The bench is in to start that quarter and it's rattling around and it might have wound up getting away from them. Like it could have gone the other way. The Nuggets could have just lost the rope completely and if that's the case, then the starters probably don't have enough to pull off the comeback, even as wild as it was with Jamal Murray and Jokic just frantically pulling them back. That probably doesn't happen if the bench has any anything worse, but the Bulls just simply could not pull away. You know, Kobe White was four of six in the fourth quarter. He made some really key buckets, but he also had a, a, a crucial turnover late where he stepped out of bounds. That was absolutely brutal for Chicago. And that opened the door. Um, here's the big thing though. We're seeing more and more the model for Denver, right? Of what you want to see in the beginning of the year with Porter Murray and Jokic in the second half tonight. And I think this is including overtime. The big three scores 54 points on 20 of 31 shooting Six of 10 from three, seven boards, 10 assists, and two turnovers in a half. That's a big three. The three of them combined. 20 of 31 shooting. They were just supremely composed. And like in that, again, second half, Porter goes four of five for 11 points, and they were all great shots. And he played absolutely awesome defense on Zach Levine. There were a couple of possessions where Porter really got up into Levine and bothered him. It was the first time that I have legitimately seen MPJ bother a the guy that he's guarding when it's a high-level score. He absolutely bugged Levine. Now, Levine was awesome because Zach Levine's having a killer year, and he was still 5 of 8 in the second half. But the effort was there to make it tough. Uh, everyone is going to want me to talk about Compazzo, who had, was a plus 10 in the second half. He finished with four assists in that second half, two points, on zero of zero shooting, got to the line once. One key steal, obviously, on Zach Levine late. So I'm going to compare this for you. Now, we'll, talk, we'll save Capazzo for later because I, I, I'm going to talk about him again because he was a big part of the rotation tonight, 15 minutes and 53 seconds. But really, when it, in the second half, when he gets down to it, you know, Murray, I don't think Murray played well. He had seven turnovers. 
He was 12 of 20 from the field. He shot great. Um, I thought that his decision-making was, was a little rough and defensively he had a really hard time with Levine. It was just a tough matchup for him. And one of the reasons why I think that the bulls hung around was they were able to get the extra step, but to Murray's credit, he came back and he went right back at him consistently in that second half. And when you, if you put up 34 points on 12 of 20 shooting, you had a really good night, seven turnovers aside, he did have five assists and Murray ends up a plus two. And obviously the huge make at the end on a great, they just ran the two man game and they ran it at Levine and Carter over and over and over again. And they get a really great win. Let's take a break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about Composa. We'll talk about the bench. I want to talk a little bit about more about Porter jr. But first. So I went, I had a huge day, huge day of betting March madness. Uh, I, I bet oral Roberts over Ohio state. Um, I had uh, a Loyola Chicago. I had a really f- good first day of March Madness betting. So tomorrow is sure to be absolutely terrible. But no matter what, you know that you can get the best betting at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today using the promo code Locked On to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news and every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. All right. Second segment here on Locked On Nuggets. I, I wanted to talk about Composo, who the steal he had on Levine was absolutely sublime. Like Levine falls asleep for a second. And this is something we talked about on Locked On Nuggets. Specifically, Adam talked about this on the on the locker room app he was asked about to explain some of the stuff that Composo does that nobody else tries. This is a great example of it. Nobody else is reaching on Zach Levine in that situation, because if you reach, you're going to risk getting absolutely torched. Levine gets around you and he's going to pull up three. He's going to pull up mid ranger. He gets the edge and he's got a foul. So Composo's ability to make these gambles and make those reads is really tremendous. He had a great interruption of a good pass from Levine to Thaddeus young. And he just came over and timed the help. Great. If Young gathers and doesn't get stripped there, he's got an easy pass to the corner, but Composo is able to make those gambles and it turns into a, a turnover. And those turnovers were crucial in that fourth quarter for the comeback. Like Composo undoubtedly being a plus 10 in this game was a huge part of the comeback. Um, if you're wondering like, so are you wrong? As somebody was suggesting to me uh, after the game, well, look, in overtime, Zach Levine completely blows past Composo, gets to the rim, it's an easy dunk because he doesn't dribble to his left. He doesn't let Composo steal with his non-dominant hand. He goes back to his right and just goes right around him. And there were other sequences during the night where Composo just simply couldn't hang because of the size. This continues to be the question. Look, I'm really fascinated by this. And I would genuinely like to know your thoughts on this. Hit me up on Twitter at HB Basketball or hit the show at Locked On Nuggets. I want to know what you think about this. Can Facundo Composo play in the playoffs? 
because I have a hard time seeing a lot of guys making the kind of mistakes that Zach Levine, a young star who is still learning and will probably learn from what he experienced versus Combazo. I have a hard time saying that happened a whole lot in the playoffs. Now, it doesn't mean he can't be helpful in the regular season. He has been. He's been helpful. Uh, I thought especially tonight, Campazzo and Jamichael Green just basically ran pick and pop at the Bulls in the second half, like over and over and over again. And it was really effective. And so I think that there was like quite a bit there. That's one thing where Campazzo, if you just put him in these certain sets, he can just run them over and over and over again. And they can be really effective. So Kamazo had a, had a good night. PJ Dozier, look, the numbers are bad. Two of six from the field, 0 of two from three, four points and minus five. I thought Dozier gave great effort. Like a lot of it was like they made tough shots. The buckets that were scored on PJ Dozier, they had to work for, and it was just there's not much you can do. Some of them were just Levine, just doing incredible things. Uh, I didn't think his defense was late. I didn't think his shot selection was poor. I didn't think he forced a whole lot. I thought he was he was really phenomenal. Uh, Jamichael Green scores 10 points in only 17 minutes on three of five shooting. Thought he was really good. Zeke Naji played 11 minutes, three of three, two of two from three. Huge. Again, what you kind of saw here in the game, if the Nuggets lose this game, then it's they didn't get enough stops from various units. It's not really on the bench. Like everybody scored really well. Like the Nuggets as a team shot 53% from the field and hit 14 threes. The Bulls hit 17 and took 35. The number of, of takes is fine for Chicago. The makes was, a, I think, a definite issue. Um, Will Barton's a tough one. 16 points, which is great, right? Uh, he has three assists, six rebounds. He doesn't have any turnovers. He's a plus eight in this game. He has 16 points on six of 15 shooting and one of eight from three. I actually thought this was maybe one of Barton's worst defensive games. I thought he had a really hard time, whether it was Sadoransky or uh, Levine. Barton just really struggled with, with the speed and athleticism of Chicago tonight. Um, it's a tough cover. They got a lot of weapons, but I thought the Barton kind of struggled tonight, and, and he's one that I don't think necessarily had that great of a night. Joker, look, 34-15-9-2. Just unbelievable, unbelievable again. And so much of it coming in that second half when they needed it. So much of it coming. And he, he crashed the glass and was so active there. Wendell Carter gave him trouble in the beginning. Like, when, to his credit, Wendell Carter, who I've singled out for his defense and was absolutely ripped apart in the second half, Wendell Carter gave him some issues. What was really funny was, this is an interesting dynamic in the first half. The Bulls started switching and the Nuggets didn't make them pay for it. And then the Nuggets were switching, and the Bulls made them pay for it. And the second half, it flipped. Um, also, Wendell Carter did a much better job of Thaddeus Young versus Jokic in the post. And so, like, basically by the end of the game, Jokic had determined how to, like, he figured out the code for how to break down the Bulls, which was, all right, if it's Carter, we're going to put him in pick and roll. If it's Young, we're going to post him. And that's what they did. Like, he attacked Thaddeus Young and torched him in the post. And when Wendell Carter was in coverage, they just ran two-man game, and there was no way that Carter was going to be able to, to maintain the space and defend that as well as he needed to. But look, the efficiency, 14 of 23 from Joker, 2 of 4 from 3, that the huge three-pointer to set up Murray on the game winner. Um, just an absolutely brilliant performance. This game honestly came down. This is like a huge sign for Denver. Uh, Denver has two stars. Chicago has one. That was the difference in this ballgame. It really was. Is that... 
like Porter was, was really great tonight, but in the end of the game, it was Murray and Jokic just bludgeoning them with that two man game. If the last game was about how everybody can eat and everybody can score and everybody can play well, this is about, all right, when the going gets tough, we got two guys. Who have you got? And that's how they got the win. Let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to wrap up. I want to talk about Michael Porter Jr. And Paul Millsap. uh, And we'll look ahead a little bit on the calendar. We'll do that when we come back on Locked On Nuggets. But first, you know, I've been telling you about Built Bar. This, the great tasting, awesome, incredible, nutritious, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And now it's time to find out which built bar is the best. It's built bar madness. On Monday, we'll have the next update. I will say that cookies and cream advanced to, to face co- coconut almond. I can't believe that Adam's coconut almond upset peanut butter brownie. I'm just livid. Cookie dough chunk knocked off salted caramel on Monday. I'm expecting it to be coconut versus birthday cake and birthday cake better win that. Or I'm going to be absolutely furious. Go to builtbar.com or use at built bar built, sorry, bar underscore built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your next order. That's locked 15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Now, when you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you got a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Follow the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, final segment here on Locked On Nuggets. Really appreciate you guys making this a part of your day, your week. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We're going to wrap up real quick. Porter was great tonight. I just, I really got to talk about this. Porter was a plus 12 in this game, which is a, a team best. And he was by far and away. I thought like he was the best player from the entire game. I thought if you look at like Murray was great in the clutch and in the third quarter, Jokic was awesome in the fourth and in the third in the second half. But to me, like, all right, first half Porter's three and nine from the field, eight points. He missed some shots, but they were pretty good looks. The only one that was pretty bad. Um, he takes a transition pull the one of those transition pull up threes. I watched it. If you ask me, I will not do this unless I am asked. If you ask me on Twitter, I will show you the play where Jokic just absolutely like he makes the most disgusted days because he has to run all the way down the court. It's a quick one. And he's like, you gotta be kidding me. And he just turns around and he is so annoyed. The body language is absolutely hilarious on it. Um, at this point, though, this is getting to be more where it's like, all right, Joker, look, he's done everything else. Like, he's he's gotten better on defense. He's learned to play more in the role of the offense. He shot a lot. Like, he took nine shots in the first half. I get it. I get it. That's a lot of shots. But if you're not going to, like, be assertive, it's not like he's not willing to, to defer to you, right? And in the second half, he's four or five, 11 points, 12 in the plus-minus category, 
Only one assist. He does play 20 minutes, though. He plays 20 minutes compared to Barton, who plays 1725. Um, and Millsap only plays 545. Jamichael Green plays 748. So Porter got a good stretch of both positions tonight. I thought it was a really good game from him. And again, his level of engagement on the defensive end, I thought was really important. The problems that they had defensively were not really with Porter at all. And usually there's like sequences where I can catch a few. And there really wasn't in this game. I thought this was maybe maybe Porter's best offensive game, which is a little surprising considering that the Nuggets in general were, you know, again, a dumpster fire defensively. This was definitely like it, they won this game 121.3 offensive rating to 117.6. So this really was one where they just outscored the opponent. And that's fine. You can do that versus a team like Chicago. Um it is notable that they won the minutes with Zach Levine on the floor. Like that's crazy, but it's true. But here's the other thing is they won the minutes when Jamal Murray was on the court by 3.6 net rating. And when Jokic was on the floor by 5.8, again, you got those, those two star players, but then you got Porter and they scored 129 points per under possessions with Porter on the floor tonight. Like he just, he does open up things incredibly for them. Uh, if you're wondering who was the best defensive player, yeah, that's right. It, was not Facundo Campazzo, who was a 110. Jermichael Green at 100. Uh, really good minutes from Jermichael Green. He was able to slow them down, I thought, considerably. The Nuggets' coverage tonight, I didn't think was very good. Um, their execution in terms of the pick-and-roll defense was not great. But offensively, they were able to cook. They got really comfortable. It was an extremely fun game. Um, and a great win, I thought, for Denver. Uh, again, it'll kind of like be lost to time because nobody thinks much of Chicago. Like Chicago is now 18 and 22. They're four games under 500. I am telling you, this team is so much better than their record. This is a really dangerous team. And this is especially a spot where after they, they lost the first one and, you know, coming off of the, all this win streak, but nope, Denver gets it done again. Before we go, the Denver Nuggets are 25 and 16, nine games over 500. The Portland Trailblazers again get a miracle win versus the Dallas Mavericks. They somehow come back in that game and win. Uh, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and Blazers are now tied in the loss column. The Nuggets have the Nuggets are tied for the four seed in the loss column. Now they're tied with the Blazers uh, and the Spurs. By the way, have 16 losses. They have played fewer games because of COVID. But the Nuggets are like, they're right up there and they're gaining on all of these teams. Then I think the, the Lakers have won four in a row. They're probably starting to, to turn the corner a little bit and probably going to get better. Um, the Jazz almost lost again tonight. Here's what's crazy. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Utah was three and five over their last eight going into tonight's game. They beat the Raptors by four in a game where they trailed most of the game. Utah is slipping. They are only five up. I think Utah probably still takes it. But it's notable that, like, look, you know how much I care about these tiebreaker situations? Denver's seven and one in division. Utah's three and two. Utah's got a lot of games versus Portland. They got another one versus Denver. They've got more games. Uh, versus the Thunder, who are sneaky. They're, that's a tougher team, I think, than people realize. The Wolves have actually started to play a little bit better, right? Now, again, these are bad teams. I don't think the Northwest Division is like it has been in the last couple of years. But Denver's already got such a big lead, 7-1, in 
the division record it is not incomprehensible. The Denver is going to make a run for pretty high. And I feel very dumb for how much I doubted them at the beginning of the year, not realizing that how far away they were from hitting their ceiling. This is like my big takeaway is that my m- largest miscalculation was when I judged them in January, I thought that their ceiling was so much lower. And the reality is that their ceiling is pretty high for how they can play, especially when Michael Porter Jr. is playing like this, when Jamal Murray's playing better, and when Nikola Jokic continues to put up MVP numbers. So, great win, comeback win, really fun game. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back on Monday with another episode of Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Until then, next time, have a great weekend, and we'll see you again on Locked On Nuggets.